and welcome to my podcast, Cynthia Kensington's Corner. I am Cynthia Kensington, a conversation creator and a mind and body coach. Cynthia Kensington's Corner is a comfortable space where I share my life experiences, life lessons, and lifestyle conversations around mind, body, and motherhood. On today's episode, I'll be discussing with you guys something that I've never really spoken about, which is my first pregnancy and why I found it so hard. This episode is part of my pregnancy diary, so this is one of two. But for now, this is the first one. Take a seat and listen in. I'll be discussing with you guys some bits about my pregnancy that has impacted my life forever and ever and ever. What I found challenging and also some things that I would do differently if and when I decide to have child number three, child number four, child number five, child number six, child number seven, and child number eight. But okay, let's first talk about this first one. When I found out that I was pregnant, I was 25 and my cousin had just visited. She was visiting from America. My cousin and I as kids, we've always joked about that. You know, imagine if we ever got pregnant together. We've said it, we've joked about it, we've kikied about it, laughed about it. But I don't think it's anything that we've actually sat down. Wait, we're 25. It's something that we've sat down to actually plan that, okay, we are going to get pregnant so, 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 and so date. I've joked about being pregnant randomly with family members. I've joked about it so much that my mom and my brothers and my sisters, whenever I say, oh, I'm pregnant, is something they just shrug off because I, I, I wasn't, I'm not being serious. Sin is always pregnant. And I think although I was not a maternal person, I was one of those people who knew that the minute I have a child, everything about my life will change. I will be so maternal. I'll be so nurturing. I would love my child endlessly. Like most mothers would would think they would be. I've always thought that would be the kind of mother I am. However, I wasn't that girl. The girl who knew when her cycle was. I wasn't the girl who knew how long her cycle was for. Nothing about period and cycle interested me, literally. I was, whenever I knew, whenever my period was coming, the only thing I knew was whenever my period was coming, I would have this shooting pain from my back to my left leg. It was, it was never my right leg. It was always my left leg. And that's when I know, oh, my lady in the red coat is around the corner. She's coming. Anytime from now, she's going to show her face. That was the only thing that concerned me about period. But on this fateful day, I realized a few weeks after my cousin had been here, I realized that jokes apart, I've actually, my cycle hadn't happened. What's going on here? And I remember I was going to work that day. I used to work somewhere in central London. I got dressed, but in my mind, I was like, okay, before I get to work, let me do this pregnancy test, get it over and done with, and just keep it moving. And I went to our local shops down the road from my house then, and I bought uh, a pregnancy kit, you know? We're all laughing. Oh, maybe you're pregnant. Maybe you're not pregnant. My mom was around as well. She was visiting. And then I saw the two the two lines come on the stick. I was like, I'm pregnant. Although I laughed about it because I was in shock. But at the same time, I couldn't believe that I was actually pregnant. 
I couldn't believe that I was going to be a mom like me at 25. But pregnancy got well. I liked my little cute bump. I had a pregnancy buddy who I could share my pregnancy journey with. My cousin wasn't going back to the States for a very long time. I didn't have any morning sickness. I didn't have any craving. I wasn't eating for two. I was winning. I was winning. I didn't think, I thought, if this is what pregnancy is, I'm definitely having my eight kids that I wanted. Let's fast forward to the third trimester. When I tell you guys, those cravings hit me hard. <laughs> I had this wild obsession for, I, I remember I said I was working uh, in central London. So whenever I came out of the train station and people were smoking, I would be walking into people's cigarette smoke, literally. I didn't know why I was having this craving. Although now that I think about it, I think it was something to do with my childhood. So my dad used to work in a court. He was a judge. And whenever I went to his chamber, he would always, as he was working away, working away, he would always have a cigarette. And his office was always cold. Oddly, of course, because Nigeria is cold. Um, Nigeria is hot. So it's, every day is summertime over there. So whenever you went into an office space, then the AC was on. And I think that's what my connection with c cigarettes and being in a cold room was. Then let's talk about the food. The amount of food I was eating before pregnancy, I was, I was never, I, I was not that person who had chips. I didn't like chips. I didn't like potatoes. I didn't like the process of making chips, the process of making potatoes. Nothing about it appealed to me, but I started craving them every single day without fail. I was having chips. Those two, those two, um, those two changes happened by the third trimester. Then my nose went double the size. Then my legs started to feel heavy and walking just became very difficult. Everything became swollen. And I started to question this, this pregnancy journey that, oh, wow, is this the real thing? Is, have I escaped? Did I think I escaped it at the beginning? But really, this is when things kicked. This is really when things kicked in. Okay, so... I thought, okay, let's ride with this. Let's ride with this. Before you know it, this baby is going to be out and then I'm going to return to my normal self. It was time to push this baby out. The baby wasn't pushing. The baby had other plans. The baby wasn't coming out. And I started to have false contractions, which I thought were real contractions, but I could have swore they were, uh, they were real contractions until I got to the hospital and they said, you know, Miss Kessington, this is not, you're still having Braxton Hicks. Braxton Hicks is just having false contractions. And I was like, no, but when I was home, I timed it. I timed it. It's the right time. But whenever I came to the hospital, I said, maybe the baby's sleeping. Maybe you need to check on the baby. Maybe the baby's sleeping, but I was having the real thing. And this baby is ready to come. They sent me home. I had a few times where I was going back and forth, back and forth. It got to a point I said, okay, until these contractions are very, very close, I'm not leaving this house. Eventually, I got to that time where the contractions were close, and then I carried my bags. I went to the hospital. They gave me a bed. They told me, "Okay, you're going to. We're going to. We're going to admit you. Stay here. Blah blah blah, and all that jazz." And they gave me gas and air. The biggest joke is the gas and air wasn't on, and I just I kept putting my nose to something that wasn't even working until I kicked up fuss and said to the lady, "There's nothing coming out." There's nothing coming out of this gas and air thing, and I'm still in pain. 
because I was making so much noise, they took me to a private room. I said, the pain is kicking in. The lady, the nurses and the doctors then decided that, okay, we're going to give you epidural. As they gave the epidural, honestly, guys, it felt like I was on cloud nine. I was zoning in. I was talking a lot of shit. (laughs) My mom was around and she was just telling me all the crazy things that I was saying. I was in a different world. The pain was gone. But I remember the doctors coming in and they said to me, they didn't even, they just just had a look of concern on their faces. And my mom was tapping me that, sin, 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 sin. The doctors are talking to you. I literally zoned out. But apparently what they said was my son's heart rate was dropping and now they needed to operate to me. I think I remember that, oh, you know, we are going to have to give you a C-section. And I zoned out, literally. Because although I didn't have a birth plan, I never in my life thought I would be a lady, a mom, a woman who has a C-section. Now, don't ask me what having a, women who have C-sections look like, but I just thought to myself, I'm young. The pregnancy was hard, but not as hard as, not as hard as me having to go in for C-section. So I never thought, even though I didn't have a birth plan, like I said, I never thought it was something that I would have to go for. I went in for the C-section, then I came out and I was I was still zoned. My body was still in shock. I was still trying to process everything that is going on, which happened so, so quickly. From coming in to having um, gas and air, which was not really gas and air, to having epidural, zoning in, zoning out, to boom, cutting me open and getting the baby out. And I think, again, I got to a level of, okay, if this is the pain, then that's okay. I kid you not. That same night, I unlocked a different level of pain because when the um, the painkillers were off, my legs felt like I could not move them, even to speak. I didn't understand how much muscle, I didn't understand how much energy one needed to speak or to even laugh. I wasn't laughing on the day. I wasn't laughing days after that. But when I got um, discharged from the hospital and I got home and I needed to laugh, I would have to fold myself into two, hold onto my belly. And I kid you not, this I used to laugh like a whale. This is why I used to do. <laughs> that was my level. That was the only way that I could make, I could enjoy the laughing process. And even though it's meant to be a time of laughter and it's meant to be my family came around and they were joking with me, I was in so much pain that laughing became painful. Have you guys ever heard where laughing actually became painful? And like I said, this was, this for me was a different level of pain that I never anticipated, that I never expected to mentally feel like your body has given up on you or to mentally feel like you have no control over your body was just out of this world. And I have to say, we mothers, we women go through a lot, right? And there was, a, there was a, when I was trying to breastfeed as well, there was bits where my baby was latching on. My baby wasn't latching on. My nipple was bleeding. My nipple was swollen. My breast felt heavy. It was winter time. So whenever I went out, the the wind hit my chest. So I started to become cold. 
all of these things just put me in a state in a state where I started to really question pregnancy. I definitely was questioning if I really wanted eight kids. It, it really made me ponder on how much pain I was ready to put myself through. And the the biggest concern for me around that time is, you know, when people say mothers are maternal, and people never really speak about. Actually, sometimes we disconnect. Sometimes we are in so much pain that we can't deal with it. How do you say as a new mom that I, I, I actually, I changed my mind. <laughs> I changed my mind. I don't want this anymore. This is not something that I mentally prepared myself for. And as a Nigerian, as a Nigerian woman, I found it so hard to tell people around me that I was actually finding this hard. I found it so hard to tell my mother that this is something that is going to, I honestly, I thought this baby, this process was going to kill me. I didn't know how to function. And I was so angry and snappy. I was on, you know, I was going from not eating to making sure that I eat enough so I can breastfeed enough to not sleeping, to looking after the baby. It, It became all so much for me. And I remember that my mom had to call me and speak to me and say to me, are you okay? And rather than say, you know what, I'm not okay, I just snapped. I just snapped. My mom will wash me. She will have like towels where she put, um, she put it, she dipped it in hot water, squeezed it out and, you know, put on my shoulder, put on my chest just to help me numb and not feel in so much pain. But still, in that moment, I just felt like she was doing too much. I felt like this is too much for me. I just really wanted to sleep. And it's super easy for people to say, oh, you know, you can sleep when the baby is sleeping. Actually, the sleep ain't coming. The sleep ain't coming. And my body is just trying to rest. And just before you hit your head, put your head to the pillow. And when the sleeper actually decided that this is the time, let's go. The body wants to rest. That's when the baby wakes up. So it was a vicious cycle. And this is probably the most challenging time of my pregnancy because I didn't mentally prepare myself for this. I didn't do any research whatsoever about what pregnant women, I mean, I watched, I think I used to watch, um, well, no, I think I used to watch, um, the channel four show. I can't remember the name now channel four show where women were given birth. I think it was it 24 hours. No, I can't remember the name, but it used to be on Channel 4 and you would see women giving birth. And I used to think to myself, it's not that hard. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Why did I know that it was hard? And the only way that I overcame this level of hardness was when I started exercising. To be specific, when I started running. I joined a women's run group and I was surrounded by other mothers and that was the only time I felt like, wow, actually my body is not weak. My body is not helpless. I am not helpless. I can take control over my body. Running made me feel empowered. It made me feel like I found clarity mentally I was still a full-time mom. I I was still looking after the kids, but I was coming from a joyful space. I wasn't finding, I wasn't finding problems with every and anything, every and anyone. I started to see life in a different space. 
And I started to realize that, okay, it's hard. And motherhood would, it's always hard. For me, I, I in my opinion, I strongly believe the moment you have a child, life is, you would always have some sort of worry. It's challenging. I don't like to use the word hard as much. It's challenging what you learn you experience. It's a day-to-day. Nobody gave you a manual. There is no manual to having a perfect birth because you can still plan your childbirth. You can still have a birth plan and you still find it challenging for yourself mentally and physically. So it's not something that I feel like, of course, you can bring yourself to a certain level, but still be aware that you need to adjust and you need to adapt Going to having my second child, I now have a knowledge that I understand that there's certain things that I have to prepare myself physically and mentally. And I would do my best to make sure that I have the birth of the best pregnancy plan, speak to my nurses, understand what my body is going to or might go through. Especially the doctors, the doctors would say to you, Once you have, this is what they told me, once you have a C-section the first time, there's a higher chance that following that, you would always have another C-section. Although that was not what happened. I'll gist you guys in my next story. But I also realized that, okay, now I have this sense, I have this understanding what my next childbirth will be like. Anyway, to round up, I like to say that pregnancy affects women differently mentally physically emotionally but all in all it's a joyful experience it's a blessing to experience being a mother and to give birth to a bouncing baby boy bouncing baby girl bouncing baby boys or bouncing baby girls (laughs) you know for us to be able to carry another human in us for nine months for me, it just blows my mind. And that's why I always, I always say women, we are superhuman. And I don't want you guys to get fooled. Although I've said, oh, this is hard. That was hard. I opened another level of hardness. I went to another stage. I couldn't deal with this mentally and physically. I kid you not. At one stage, I wanted to have eight kids, eight kids. (laughs) But now, My senses have returned to me and I have settled for just having four. So I have two now and two more to go. That's it for me, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know how you guys found this episode. Perhaps you guys have some pregnancy stories that you want to share with me. Maybe you're a new mom or you're planning to have one yourself. I would love, love, love to hear from you guys. You can always find me on Instagram at Cynthia Kensington. I'm also on TikTok at Cynthia Kensington. If you guys are listening on YouTube, drop me a comment or drop me an email, info at CynthiaKensington.com. Until next time, have an amazing week. Thank you.